When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to episode 163 of the Brighton Rock podcast with me, Russell Guyver. And joining me for a brief intro to this episode is Peter Marsh. Hello, Peter. Hey, Russ. How are you doing? How's things? All good? Yeah, okay. Thank you. Are you? Excellent. Yes, not too bad. Not too bad. What we're doing with this episode is, as I said, we're going to do a brief intro element, which is going to be you and I just talking about a little bit of um, general football news, Albion news, a quick like maybe summation of the transfer window once and for all as well. Um, Then that will be followed by a larger part, which will be the final part of the interview I did with Billy Grant, the Brentford fan, in the pub in Finchley uh, from Tuesday, where he's talking about England, uh, support for them. Uh, for about a big talk about racism and um, his preview predictions and general chat regarding the match coming up this weekend, which I'm looking forward to going to. But um, in terms of, um, we, I'll get your views on what you think is going to happen at the weekend as well during this earlier part of the episode. So that's what we got planned. I mean, first of all, then just going through a few bits from earlier on, then um, one bit of amusement I found from the transfer window was Lazio having wanted to sign. Eintracht Frankfurt's forward Philipp Kostic, um, but the Bundesliga club didn't want to sell him, so they intentionally gave Lazio a fake email address so they could tell the player that they never received a bid. Did you hear about this? It's yeah, it was. Um, yeah, we were discussing a bit on the on the, on the WhatsApp groups we're on. It's like it is quite entertaining, and apparently the players are very upset about it as well and kind of not impressed. Obviously, yeah, it's not going to move. It's a backfire, isn't it, really? I mean, it's yeah. Shaqalsri on level 100, but it, but nonetheless, it's not actually going to benefit them in the long term if he falls out with them. I find it really it. odd, though. It's like, if we were discussing the whole kind of, you know, there must, is there an email address at each club that you send transfer offers to? You know, it's, it's intriguing. <laughs> Who's the person that you, you send it to? And I think someone says, like, the club secretary still or something like that. And, yeah, it's, it's quite an yeah, entertaining idea that, you know, you, you live in a world where you look at, like, kind of play computer games and you play FIFA and play championship manager and signing players is relatively simple or whatever and kind of but then yeah in real world <laughs> what how do you actually put in an offer you know it's like all these articles that come you see in a paper going like so and so are thinking of putting in an offer for so and so and it's like how do they know that and what does thinking of putting an offer in? You know, when do you actually how do you actually officially put an offer in 
Yeah, exactly. Well, you, you were talking actually off air just now. Uh, and there was a couple of other deals which were subject to possible delays, possibly not happening because of systems issues. What, what was yeah, that about? Yeah, there was a, apparently La Liga had a systems ish breakdown, which meant that the Sal Niguez um, transfer to Chelsea almost went, went um, almost didn't happen. And also the Antoine Griezmann's return to Atletico almost didn't happen as well. So, yeah, it's, um, it's amusing as well that, you know, when you, again, it, you don't really think of it, football systems having the same problems that everyone, all of us do in real life in terms of our computers breaking down, but obviously they do. And all days of all days of the year to do that, the transfer deadline day, it's not an ideal one. Yeah, and with Griezmann, he's obviously leaving Barca. They're trying to free up space to be able to then get somebody else in or, or register someone, maybe yeah, Aguero, I, mean, I think it might have been. Barca had a bit of a disaster recently, haven't they? I mean, buying uh, Griezmann for so much money, I mean, you send him back. Dembele, they spent like 90 or million on. Uh, Coutinho was well over 100, wasn't he? And all of them have been not particularly successful, which is why they've ended up having to lose Messi and yeah, and a number of other players and they've yeah, their wage bill was through the roof. So you wonder if they're going to spell where they're not even possibly even Champions League qualification. I mean their their strike forces like Braithwaite, who was pretty ordinary at Middlesbrough, and they signed the De Jong, who was pretty ordinary at um one who was up front who was like pretty ordinary at Newcastle. So I mean it's hardly exactly it's not quite Messi, Suarez and Neymar, is it anymore? Yes. They're not exactly very well run, neither around Madrid. They just spend... I mean, it's a, it's a case of biting off more than you can chew, isn't it? And they've done yeah. it for many years, and well, they're, finally they're it looks like they're that, choking. As well as being set to get uh, Mbappe on a free next summer, that Haaland's now said he's going to sign for, for Real, so that will be a pretty useful strike force. Yeah, but can they afford it? I thought they had to reinvent the European systems for, for domestic football well, they probably uh, will with this European Super League just, just to afford it. You they know, probably will uh, reinvent them, though, won't they? So they probably will find a way. They'll, you know, they're pretty much run by the government of Spain, aren't they? So I'm sure they'll find a way in hmm. Spain. And then, I mean, let's be honest, the, the UEFA aren't going to ban Real Madrid, who've won the Champions League by far more than anyone else from the Champions oh. League, are they? Florentino Perez says that we, we have to bankroll them in order to to save European football. I think they think they are European football. Well, they, yeah, they're only a part of it. No question, I think they're, they're European football, yeah. 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 I mean, one, one thing... And... One of the, there's not many teams overseas who I don't like, but Real Madrid are definitely top of the list. Oh, yeah. yeah well, right behind Werder Bremen, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to ignore that. Right. Um, uh, just one of one of the line on the transfer. I mean, I, I really like the quote from Alan, one of our... Um, our friends and um, a regular listener to the show as well. Hello to you, Alan. Uh, he, he put a post on one of the WhatsApp groups saying, woke up, re, um, recheck the BIS status, all okay, tick, uh, no new contract yet. Club have done a great job in stripping out Deadwood and getting youngsters out on loan. GP has done well to keep harmony for some time where there are players getting frustrated with little game time, much less of a problem now. Plus, we'll, will we now motivate remaining players um, that they are part of a team and have more minutes um, to come? What to do with Lacardia, he said, last of the Deadwood or dot, 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 question mark. Um, possible benefit is that we have freed up a lot of wage costs and now gives clubs more flexibility to ratchet up salaries for the key players when we get pressure points, wage trend going up in the Premier League. He said, signing of Cruella, I think that's, a, that's not a typo, I think it's his nickname for Kukurea. Signing of Cruella Key gives GP more options, more balance across the back line and frees up March for other possible options, Grosh and Moda, etc. for more advanced attacking options. Uh, Cruella and Lampty are both quick. And finally, he says, a couple of other points, may still be a plan for a striker in Jan, maybe Nunez, uh, club seemed keen. But negotiations get overheated this time. Benfica might want the money by January. We might be more flexible on wages at that point. 
And to go back to the point that many have said, existing players across the squad have to chip in with goals, e.g. Trossard and a number 10, Mac or whoever. Every successful side uh, do not just rely on one striker. Yes, it helps to have a 20-plus striker or whatever, but the club cannot afford a proven one. And we have not got a hidden gem in that we are now willing to put into the squad right now. So the future's bright, though, in my opinion, up the Albion. So that was his views on that. Lucardia scored seven goals for us, people forget. They're quite good finishers as well. Yeah, there he had a run in the, the, his first full season and around Christmas where he actually hit a little bit of form and looked like he might actually become good. And then, yeah, obviously, you know, he started the first game for Potter, it's easy to forget. But he started the first game at Watford when Potter when we won 3-0. Got the first goal as well when we came back against Millwall, didn't he, in the cup? Um, yeah. When we came back from 2 what, two nil down to draw 2 all and win on penalties. So, but yeah, he's got some got a few goals. He just doesn't look interested, I think, is a big thing with him. I think he's, he, it's a general view, and it may, I don't know whether or not it's true, but he seems more interested in his DJ stuff than he does about football. Yeah. Which is, uh, is, at least he's only got one year left in his contract, so we've only got one more year of paying him at least. True, yeah. I mean, by the way, the music sounds dreadful from my opinion, so I, I think he needs to concentrate even more on that if he is going to concentrate on it. Uh, anyway, um, I think that's probably it for me in terms of the transfer window. No, I, I don't further. think I disagree with anything there. My, I would say it's almost a perfect transfer window, but the irony is that the one we missed out on is, all, is the most important, so it takes it quite away from being a perfect transfer window. If we've got a striker, I don't think we could have done much more. Um, anymore really but the, the problem is we you know we are relying on what Malpay who is on good, good form at the moment looked in good form first three games but is pretty inconsistent and will have bad spells Welbeck who is quite injury prone and Connolly who seems to have gone backwards recently I mean and possibly mm-hmm. Lacardia although hopefully not so I mean it's it's obviously I mean obviously it's no worse than last season but it's just a shame the club are obviously throwing I think a lot more striker money on the on the young players you know obviously we expect we signed Seema on deadline day and loaned him out. We've got Zakiri out on loan the Bundesliga. Um, players like Ferguson and um, uh, Emerson as well and players like that coming through the youth systems and Tolad as well. So, I mean, the club are obviously, I think, looking that it'd be cheaper to, one, uh, up to, like, up to find the next best, best, you know, most exciting striker rather than actually, obviously, we don't have the money to buy a proven one. And I mean, yeah, I never, I never took on this on board this whole 20-goal striker thing because, I mean, there's only like two or three strikers a year get 20 goals. I think what we yeah. need is another, another Mope, probably, to kind of get 10, 12 goals, whatever, and take the pressure off the other two. And then, and then hopefully, if, you know, even if they're as inconsistent as Mope, you'd hope that one of them is in form at different times. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Just going back on the, on the Barcelona front, by the way, I've just got a list here. of um, Someone put a tweet up saying Barcelona's front three over the years. Messi, Eto, Ronaldinho. Messi, Eto, Henri. Messi, Ibrahimovic, Henri. Messi, Villa, Pedro. Messi, Suarez, Neymar, Messi, Suarez, Coutinho, Messi, Suarez, Griezmann, Messi, Braithwaite, Griezmann, Braithwaite, De Jong, Memphis. <laughs> a little bit different, isn't it? I know they've got Aguero coming back eventually, but um, no, not too good at the moment. But yeah, on your other points about um, yeah, uh, summary of the transfers and so on. Yeah, I agree with you there. I think it's um, it's all been said, well said there by Alan. So fair play to you. And um, thanks for uh, carrying on listening. Um, so hello to you. Um, in terms of any other news, um, Peter, have you got anything there that you've picked up? No, on just some internationals, obviously. I know a lot of them played. We had a few players out in internationals. Sanchez made his debut, which was really good, although you may have mentioned that already um, on other, yeah. other parts. Um, and Moda, obviously, was involved in the goal against England, so which was uh, quite good. If, um, obviously, not from yeah. England's point of view. Well, England's still had a pretty fair. England's draw was still a pretty good result anyway. So, I mean, drawing yeah. in Poland, which is the hardest game left, was a, still means they'll top the group comfortably. 
yeah, 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 that's fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously there was a, there was a big fuss when we talk about it in, in part two with with Billy and Addy um, about the incidents with uh, England, of course, with Hungary. I mean, results-wise, we did we'd, we've done well. We thrashed them four 0 which is actually a very good result in Hungary. I think it's a a really yeah, um, their, their performances at the Euros. Yeah, exactly. So so that was a superb result. We beat Andorra four 0 as well. Well, that obviously less of an impressive result and we didn't get some of the goals so late um not a great game well, that was a reserve um, team wasn't it pretty much true uh, and then poland we sh- we've got the lead through kane and one of um the world's other great strikers Lewandowski, this time a provider uh, for what turned out to be a injury time equalizer which is probably of no consequence to england other than the irritation of losing our 100% record in general but um yeah and, i mean we've got, a clean sheet. there are only two other teams who who could be a threat in the group but both got to come to wembley and the two away games are in Andorra and San Marino, where you can afford yeah. to lose one of them. I mean, at least one of them to come top. Yeah. I mean, if we don't, fa- if we fail to come top from here, then we'll have had a, a pretty, yeah. pretty bad collapse. Yeah. More impressive just, collapse. Yeah, look at it, really. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, as, as a <laughs> yes. Uh, regularly. Yeah. Yes. Well, at least it's a draw now in that one because um, India have, um, yeah, they've got some COVID cases or so they say. Or is it a draw? They're trying to offer apparently to replay it or something. Or yeah, exactly. Next, yeah. Anyway, that's for another time, I guess. That's for, um, then, for a cricket podcast. Yes, we have to do one of them next. Oh, <laughs> I, I don't know enough about cricket really for that. Anyway, um, yeah, just, just Wait, another when line. When that stopped you before though? <laughs> <laughs> still, still rabbit on about it for an hour probably. Um, <laughs> Yeah, just, just one final line on the Hungary-England game. Obviously, disgraceful scenes. A firework was thrown on. Well, that was the least of it. Loads of paper cups thrown on and monkey chants and other abuse hurled at Raheem Sterling when he scored. At other points in the game um, centred around Raheem Sterling, Jude Bellingham and so on. Um, and and even, you know, I mean, there was apparently some couple of players getting on the pitch. Um, loads of loads of problems. It's... A disgrace, obviously. Um, but what was most disturbing is yet again, you've got um, the foreign minister for a country, of course, completely coming out and roundly condemning what had happened. Oh, no, no, no. He, he picked up on the fact that we booed the Italian national anthem in the Euro final. And his response to the accusations of racism were England players are complaining about last night's hostile atmosphere in Budapest, speech marks. Did they make similar comments back then? Talk about missing the point 100%. Um, I don't know, think it, most English people, English fans did boo the national anthem. It was, it was like a minority. Um, yeah, and, certainly much more of a minority than Hungary's racist fans, yeah. um, for example. Um, and I'm not defending sh- it. I think it's a stupid thing to do and people shouldn't do it. But it's like, it's, yeah, it's completely different. I so mean, Hungary Peter. Shizato Peter, I think his name is. I'm sure I mispronounced that. There's loads of accents on the letters. Um, the foreign minister for Hungary, you are a disgrace, and you well, are we know ignoring what the government problem. Is don't we? It's like a, isn't it a far right government or yeah? You know, or oh, yes. Some of their policies have been so it's not exactly as surprising. I mean, they didn't they yeah. ban the rainbow rainbow colours on their stadiums over in the Euros as well, and and stop right. players from wearing armbands um, in support of yeah. you know, in support of gay rights and that sort of thing. So I mean, it's hardly surprising that. Uh, yeah. I have nothing but contempt for those sort of people, um, nothing but contempt at all. And, and of course, there's been other um, instances going on since. Um, there seemed to be an accusation that Kyle Walker may have been racially abused by uh, Glick, the player who, well, the two of them got booked during 
the incident, didn't they, at half-time in the Poland-England game. And um, there seems to be some accusations the England players convinced that he was racially abused. Um, we'll wait to find out what happens on that one. In the meantime, someone that was racially abused, Romain Sawyers, um, his, the, the perpetrator of that offence, um, has been prosecuted. He's going to get sentenced later this month. He's been given a lifetime ban by his club, West Brom, or the club he purports to support anyway. Um, and, you know, he was in denial. He was trying to say that the word baboon that was used to as part of the abuse that was sent was actually a autocorrect typo by the phone from the word buffoon. I think people like that who are, who are on there just giving abuse to a player just because you lost 5-0 to City uh, last season, um, you know, they're not using words like buffoon, let's be honest. No, and, and also, and it's a really so I think probably, this, uh, and, and also, other than both starting with, you know, the middle bit's completely different. I think probably he's talking bollocks. Yes, I think so. The judge thought so. And, and Which well also is a, a word beginning with B, so maybe he meant to say that yeah. instead. <laughs> so yeah exactly and pe- people like that you know good riddance as far as I'm concerned if they're never in a football stadium again it won't be uh, it won't be a problem no, at absolutely. all whatsoever um, someone is always with these things is how these, they get actually kind of you know kind of how they get administered I mean how practically you know you'd hope you got a banning order from football full stop for life but how do you administer that yeah someone buys one, them a one ticket point. someone else buys them a ticket you can't you know it's uh Exactly. Well, one, one final line from me, and um, speaking of people that will be in stadiums next season in England, is Cristiano Ronaldo on the pitch, to be more precise, um, this season. He signed, of course, in January, famously. Um, the, uh, unfortunately, I heard Warren Aspinall saying that, um, oh, they'll, they'll cover the cost of the, um, you know, the, the fee, which is 15.9 mil or something. In, um, they've already covered that in shirt sales. That's not how it works, Warren. Uh, it's been said a number of times by Kieran Maguire and others. Um, you get a percentage, a very tiny percentage yeah. of, of shirt-to-shirt sales. And, you, and also you... the 15.9 million is presumably peanuts compared to what they're actually going to pay him as well. I exactly. Mean, it's 50000 like... a week, isn't it? Right? Yeah, and that's a pay cut. Plus, plus the sign-on deal probably as well. It's sort. efficient to have a pay cut to go up to yeah. drop 2,350 grand a week. That would yeah. be it. But, I mean, what a player. He, he broke the international scoring record, didn't he? Um, first of all, there was a penalty save, which um, delayed him. Um, but he did eventually get two goals later in that match. He's on 111. He's subsequently been suspended for one game to take his shirt off. Um, Accruement of yellow cards. And he was missing from the last game as well. So he's still on 111 goals which is international goals only in competitive well, competitives and friendlies. That's pretty impressive. Uh, beating Ali Dai, who was on 109. Um, there's some other people I've not heard of in here, but uh, Frank Pushkas is up there at uh, 184. Um, and a guy called Pele, 77. Another guy called Messi yeah, on right. 76. <laughs> Messi, of course, still active. I don't think he's going to catch Ronaldo on international goals. Though, is no, he? I, don't, I don't think, uh, really. I think but, probably there won't be. I think yeah. there's probably a lot, of, there's a lot more competitive games in South America. There aren't really any kind of, when they're qualifying, there's not really any easy games. There's no San Marino. There's no team like that or whatever. So it's yeah. a bit difficult. I was about to say, I'm really looking forward to seeing Dan Byrne and uh, Shane Duffy, Mark Ronaldo. But of course, that game, you broke a record in half of that happened anyway. So uh... <laughs> Exactly. Now, I'm, I mean, he's not my favourite personality in football, but he's come across well in the recent interviews. He is an incredible player and I look forward, hopefully, to seeing him play against us. Well, I kind of hope we do and hope we don't, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but it, it'll be a pleasure to see a player like that playing at the Amex and, and if we go up to Old Trafford and see him there as well. Um, so that's superb. Well, Christmas, uh, I think the, the away game, I think United. Yeah. 
Yeah, but before all of that, way before that, we've got Brentford this weekend. Now, Peter, you've got a ticket, but unfortunately, it sounds like you might not be able to make it. Yeah, I'm not sure yet what's happening, but yeah, I'm yeah. going to be able to, but hopefully, um, yeah. Yeah, but, um, yeah I've, I've, I've had a chat, which is the recording coming up in a minute with Billy, he, talking through his opinions on it. We'll come to that later, but um, the head-to-head's generally in our favour. We've had a mixture of results in the recent times. 2014 to 17, we played them in the championship. So we have had some recent, fairly recent games against them. Um, but this will mark the occasion, I said this to Billy as well, that, that we finally have played Brentford in every form of domestic competitive football um, competition. Uh, every other division in its various guises, we played them in. We played them in every domestic cup competition. Now we're going to finally play them in the top flight. Uh, first game between us there. I'm looking forward to it. It's a new ground, of course. For, well, still a new ground for them, not notwithstanding us. Um, it's going to be an interesting fixture. Obviously, they've won their only league game this season there, which was the Arsenal match, 2-0. Uh, yeah, 2-0? Yeah, 2-0, yeah, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, I think, um, I think it'll be interesting to see or to hear what happens in terms of the atmosphere because, obviously, the atmosphere for Arsenal home in the first game in the Premier League and that sort of thing is, can they then get up, get up you know, get as excited about playing? I mean, frankly, as much as I'd love to think that we're a big club, we're not. So, you know, a pretty ordinary, you know, mid-table, lower-middle-table team at home, you know, and, you know, if, and I think they will get a wake-up call at some point and, yeah, maybe or hopefully it'll be this weekend. Mm. Yeah, let's see. I mean, it may be a little too early for them for their enthusiasm to have dipped any, I think, the, the crowd. I think it's going to be a pretty good atmosphere and it's going to be cracking. I mean, we'll all be up for it. We're, we're all meeting in a pub at 11.30, so we should be suitably lubricated for the uh, for the singing that shall allow you in. Three o'clock. <laughs> um, but I've got a big bunch of us managed to get tickets, which is great, so we'll, we'll be there. It's a shame if you can't make it, Peter. It's a gutter, but um, hopefully we can get a win for you if you're not there and yeah. and so on. Um well, that, I mean, if, if we if we win, I'll be happy enough anyway, even if it, even if I'm not there. But yeah, yeah. I'm still, still not certain what's happening. So hopefully that. Yeah, and we too haven't know. done a haven't done a podcast in the pub for quite a while, and probably won't be able to do no. that on Tuesday for for reasons we won't go into. But um, maybe the week after. So um, stay tuned for that. Um, what we're going to do now, we'll, we'll take the break. So I shall bid you farewell at this point, Peter. And in part two after the break, I will be um, putting out the second part of the chat that I had with Billy the Brentford fan from the Bohemia in North Finchley on Tuesday evening, which was a pleasant evening. He sounded like he lived at the Bohemia. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, so that's coming up after the break. Um, but um, from Peter and I on this first part, we bid you farewell. Um, so stay tuned for this second part coming up next. Right, we're in with the third and final part with me, Russell Guyver, with Billy Grant, Brentford fan, and also joining us, Paddy, my Arsenal supporting buddy. Um, just a couple of bits to round off, really. Um, you, as well as being a staunch Brentford fan, are also a very staunch England fan. I've got to ask you about that. Uh, you've only been to the 15 tournaments, is that right? Yeah, four, uh, seven World Cups, seven European Championships, and one Women's World Cup. We've got to throw the Women's World Cup, which is equally as important as the rest of the world. That was great, you know, and, uh, and I still didn't see England winning any of them, <laughs> like, you know, which is, uh, which is very typical, but, um, but I've had some great, great time, and I keep going back to that Life Goals podcast that I was on with, with uh, Theo Delaney. Yeah. Check it out. I talk quite a lot about my England trips because the one thing about England is England reminds me of... Um, 
a lot of people, a lot of friends go to England because it's, it's an excuse to go abroad and go to places that you would not normally ever go to. Yeah. So why ever else would you go to Kazakhstan? But I've gone to Kazakhstan, eaten stringy cheese, I've gone up the Alps, the mountains, done all sorts of ridiculous things. I could tell you stories from Kazakhstan that I probably can't even repeat on this podcast, like you know what I'm saying. So it's just things like that. I've had brilliant times in South Africa, not going for the World Cup, but beforehand, going for a friendly. Why would you fly to South Africa for a friendly? Because it's a brilliant country, I've had brilliant fun there. It was possibly one of our best ever England trips. Again, the football's irrelevant in a way, isn't it? Yeah. It's a distraction. Yeah, that's right. So it's great. I'm going to England and I'm, I'm, I'm black, so, you know, and I started following England in 88, so I, I went to Germany World Cup in 88, and in them days, England, and uh, <laughs> England had a very, very bad reputation when it came to their fans and racism. You know, so a lot of people were questioning me, asking me, asking me, why the hell are you doing it? But I'm the person that I've, 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 I've tiptoed around, not tiptoed, but I've, I've faced up to racism on my own terraces, on other people's terraces, in the streets, wherever like that, and I'm not saying I can take care of myself, but I'm, that has never stopped me from going to football, even though it's been quite dangerous. And fair, I've, fair you know, yeah. I can't have been easy. No, it's, not, it's not easy. Even at top level, as you said, it, it permeated every facet of society didn't it so, so whichever club you support there would have been a, a racist element somewhere in the, along the line yeah. in the 70s 80s yeah. so, yeah. And and I used to get beat by my own fans I mean that was straight up you know they had no black in the Union Jack send the bastard back you know Zeke yeah. Kyle you know so that was you know every week you used to get that so you, you know as a 15 14 15 year old kid you used yeah. to go to the game trying to work out how you can avoid the skinheads and avoid yeah. getting a beat that's, that's the way it goes but the fact is that I'm still here and uh, they have driven me out and there's more black fans, more Asian fans, more diverse fans that are out there now. And, um, and that's just the way it goes. And the fact is that, you know, if, you, if, if myself and the other fans have been driven out, it may have been a different story altogether. But you've got to sort of stand firm and do what you believe in. Like, you know, and I love football, so I'll just do what I have to do to carry on playing football. And I used to, to be fair, I used to get grief from my, my black friends in the 80s and the 90s saying, why, why, are, you, why are you going? It's full, of, it's full of racists and hooligans who don't like you. Why do you go? And I'm like, because I like football. I'll go and I'll sort it out and I'll, I'll, I'll tell them straight. And I used to get in a lot of trouble with people that didn't like me telling them. You know, it's a bit, it's a bit strange actually. People would be black, but it's almost like if you support the same team, they forget that you're black. And then when they say something racist, then you say, that's racist, that's out of order. And they go, you're out of order, you are. And you're thinking, but I'm black. That's the reason why I thought it was out of order. And they don't sort of compute the two and two. And honestly, it happens all the time. Yeah. You know, you're all right if you zip your mouth yeah. and you don't say something. But as soon as you say something, you're a troublemaker and they don't like you. So it didn't go down particularly well with a lot of people at the time. But you have to you have to stand up for what you believe in. So it was art. I mean, it's something almost almost comical about how ignorant some people are. We, I, I remember going to a palace game once with a load of mates, actually talking about Guinness off air just now, you know, quite a skin full of Guinness. And I've got a mate of mine who's an army boy and he's, uh, he's quite a tough fella and he doesn't shirk a confrontation if he feels he needs to. His heart's in the right place, but if there's an issue, that'll be that. And we went to palace and someone was racially abusing Wilfred Zaha uh, in the road immediately behind us, right, next, right behind me. And um, he said it, and someone turned around and said, what are you doing? He goes, piss off your this, that, and the other. Then I turned around, he said the same thing to me, and then this fellow Phil has made my turn around, and he said the same to him, and I thought, at this moment, I thought, he's going he's gonna to lamp him. He's definitely going to lamp him. And he didn't, to be fair. He, he just said, 
bit pathetic saying something like that, especially at this day and age. And someone else turned around and he started just abusing all of these people in a row who'd all turned around to be outraged by what he said. All, all white guys that were turning around, but they, they were all outraged. And this guy, it almost turned comical. And so no, it obviously isn't funny, it's a very serious matter, but it, it feels ludicrous to me that this is still going on. I mean, how do you feel? Because it, I mean, it's really its ugly head in spades, isn't it, in the last... Especially the last three or four years, yeah, but, yeah, particularly it's always been there, and so to interrupt, but it's the uh, I think people feel some kind of cloak of protection with the anonymity, the social media. Um, so people feel empowered that they can, but by the apparent impunity of insulting someone under a pseudonym or a pen name, um, you know, from the other side of the country, that a match they probably haven't actually watched, um, you know, the player they know nothing about, a game they know little about, um, you know, uh, and really, I just want to go back to something uh, that was said earlier, um, I think it's commendable, really, that especially if you've been a lifelong football supporter, and you've always been, especially during the dark days of the 70s and early 80s and and before and now where there's so much apparent sort of resurgence and rekindling of racism I think it's really good to go because if you stop going because of racists you're effectively proving the racist point for them you're yeah. doing what they say right so what they so you're, you're, you're obeying them if they say don't come to this match because we don't want you don't play for our team because we don't want you if you go and do that you, you are effectively obeying them so you know um, you are if you're black and you're English, you're black and you're Scottish, you're black and you're Welsh, you're black and you're Hungarian, right? Um, you have just as much right to represent the country um, whose passport you hold um, as anyone else, right? It's your skills and your talent, okay, and your passion, right, should speak volumes and it should speak, um, you know, it should speak for itself. Um, it really is that simple as far as I'm concerned. Um, and if people don't like it, then they need to find another sport to follow. Uh, you know, for, uh, and that's that, as far as I'm concerned. So it's, it's interesting you talk about that because actually, as we speak now, and we're recording this, you know, like I said, it's coming up to the Brighton game, and in, yeah. a, in, a, in, a, in about half an hour now, there's actually a documentary which is on BBC Radio 4 called File on Four, and it's actually talking about racism and social media, and it's talking about the Saka incident and what's happened at the Euros as well. Yeah. It's interesting because they actually yeah. recorded it, and it's just coming back to this podcast again, but they actually recorded it at Brentford, first game of the season against Arsenal. Wow. So I mean, I know I'm on it, I think my daughter might be on it as well, she's 12 years old, and also a lot of other Brentford fans are talking about it and talking about racism within football and social media, yeah. and I'm sure they probably would have interviewed maybe some staff at Brentford and whatever else sure. maybe as well. So that may be worth just checking out, like I said, File on Four, you know, about racism and social media as we are talking about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's 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 something that's really riled me and it's something that I'm going to probably get, you know, like I say, I, I, I dip in and out, I've done lots of stuff to kick it out over the last 20, 25 years, I've done lots of stuff myself, I speak out against it on our podcast, we talk about it all the time. Um, if anyone knows, I've talked about the taking of the knee situation. Yeah, yeah, which behind I, you, you know, know, games you, it was booing the knee. Yeah, well, you, you know, people are booing, a lot of people say, listen, you know, it's free speech, you're like, free speech, free speech, but it's just like, okay, tell you something, if you want to disrespect something that we have come up with as black people, because we have a symbol, right, for once, 
about something that we're not happy with. It's not political. It's absolutely not political it's at not all. It's not political. Right, okay? Anyone it's not. thinks it is. Right? And the fact is that somebody's made that who, you know, and they point the websites, but I can tell you this for a fact. I'm a black person, and I, and my friends, and yeah. my family, and all the people that I know, and you, I've not even met you before, mm. you know as well. Yeah. You respect that. You know it's not political. I'm not yeah. political. So why does somebody have to start telling me what is right, yeah. what is wrong, what I can do, what I can't do. For years, I've told you stories about me getting my head kicked in on the terraces as a black person for years yeah. and years and years. No protection, no one doing nothing. Police don't protect you, clubs don't protect you, nothing. There's no common caucus of people pulling together. So for once, we've got a situation where all of a sudden we feel, I'm not you, but you know, oh my God, people are walking down the streets and they're, they're, they're saying that they're not happy about mm, the teacher at their school or the yeah. policeman that stopped them on the street or something that was really horrible to, to, in, in a cafe the other day. Whatever it may be, it doesn't matter what it was, all of a sudden they're actually protesting about that and the common thing is the taking of the knee, which people say yeah. is down to Capernet, which was what, four years ago? But Martin Luther King took the knee, right, when he went from Montgomery to Selma in 1965, yeah, right? right yeah. Okay, and when the police tried to stop him after beating them all, right, and what did he do? He didn't shout at them or swear at them, he yeah. just took the knee in front of them, right? But if you, like I said to you, most people, you're not educated enough, or you're, they're not um, willing enough to look into history and find out what it is. They just yeah. believe the bullshit that has been pressed down their throat. And they haven't got the respect to listen to somebody like me who's black. And I'm just saying to you, listen, tell you something. This makes me feel good. And this is an anti-racism single one. If you don't like it, yeah. why don't you shut the fuck up? Exactly. Because people saying, well, take it. I mean, it's incidental. It takes a few seconds, isn't it, this gesture at each game. And I think as long as there's an issue, I personally think... They should carry on doing it as long as that's what everybody wants. But a lot of people have an, have an issue. Second, sorry, I'm going to sorry, interrupt you. The interesting thing yeah. is, I've seen that as well, is that the yeah. interesting thing is you say, um, as long as everyone wants. But the, the, the inter- listen, taking the knee is not going to solve racism. But what's interesting it's is what it's done is it's continued the conversation. And it's made a lot of people feel very very uncomfortable yeah. and the reason why a lot of them want to stop because they feel uncomfortable with it right yeah. and why is the reason why it's because racism happens and they don't really want to admit it yeah. and normally when I say to them when they're saying that they go I'm not racist mate. I've got lots of black mates oh god honestly I'm not. So I'm not to do that why don't you hold hands in the centre circle why are you telling us yeah, that? that would get booed as well no but it's not it's why, yeah, they, that, why are people telling us yeah, what to do yeah exactly oh, yeah, you're telling us yeah. what to do for 300 years yeah. you know what I'm saying that yeah. itself endemically yeah. is, is the agitating factor isn't it yeah. It, it hits, it rankles immediately right to the soul of the issue. Well, the irony fact, is, yeah, the, the irony is, by things like that, saying do this, do that, or don't do that, um, mm. it's effectively people trying to police, monitor, and moderate um, a, a response to a problem that isn't the fault of the people um, who are victims really? of yeah. that problem. Uh, so. So that is, I mean, the layers of um, sort of bias and ignorance and prejudice in that one thing alone. Um, the irony clearly isn't lost on anyone here. Um, so really, for me, it really it comes down to education. Um, people have to be educated out of that kind of yeah. ignorance. Um, they do. But what will, and I'm you there to a certain extent. But I talk to a lot of people. I spent, I, I missed the first. 
15 minutes of the second half of the Scotland game talking to somebody who was booing and we had a long 35, 40 minute conversation. Yeah. And in the end, there, there's some education that's gone on, but to be quite honest with you, I've missed bloody 20 minutes of the match. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And I've been doing this educating yeah. for 40 years and I'm going to be honest yeah. with you, I'm sitting down there and the reason why I started to turn around to people when they're booing, because I said to my friend in middle school when I was up there, I said, I'm tired of this. Yeah. I am tired. Why do we, why can't Perhaps I just come to, to a match? Why can't I go to a match and just watch it? Have a beer, yeah. join a match, yeah. everyone's cool and go home. Yeah. Why do I have to be the educator and do this and be the peaceful one and all this kind of stuff? <laughs> it does my head in. If I go to an away game and one of the home, home team's um, old players okay. from 40 years ago has, has died and there's a minute's silence, and that happens. I'm, I'm completely happily respecting it. It takes whatever it is, a minute, but sometimes it's left, sometimes it's applause now because people are a bit uncomfortable about whether there's going to be someone interrupting a minute's applause, a uh, minute's silence. Ultimately, all you're doing is just momentarily reflecting someone else's say, I just respect that. I don't know who that player was or whatever. Fine, I'm happy to sit there for a minute. Be quiet. Anyone that isn't happy to stand there and be quiet while someone's taking a knee and is actively booing clearly is let, making a point. Let, 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 right. me, let me say something. Let me say something controversial with some of the people that like, I'm, I'm not saying that people do this as well. What is interesting, and this is why I say the political thing is absolute bullshit, okay? The same people who will boo the knee yeah. and say it's all about politics, we're not racist, interestingly, some of them, I'd say all of them, but some of them will sing no surrender to the IRA. Now, when I go to an England game or even a football game, I'm not being funny. It's not, I love or love. I don't actually want to hear that. No, I don't and if, that. As no, if, if you're telling me that no surrender to the IRA is not political, then you live on a different planet to me. So yeah. tell me, them same people that are talking That's about politics, it, yeah. there is absolute, there's so That's much hypocrisy in this whole thing. That's it's like, right, yeah. I want to go to football, I want to have a drink, go over mates, have a laugh and sing and shout. I don't want to hear, I don't want to, I don't want to see people doing the me because they shouldn't have to do the need. Yeah. I don't want to hear no surrender. I don't want to hear all these other things. I want to hear them supporting and singing the team. So you people have to think about that and think about the hypocrisy that's going on within football and think about why you're making up these excuses yeah. to disrespect me and my black friend here, but also white friends or whoever else who is supporting yeah. Yeah, the cause. I know, yeah. That's yeah. the thing that a lot of people forget. The, the hell of a lot of white people who are frankly embarrassed and sickened by it as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think really the whole political thing about Black Lives Matter, yes, there may be some an extreme Black Lives Matter um, group in the United States, but frankly, most people in this country, and even in the United States, don't even know there is some fringe group that style themselves as Black Lives Matter. It's a red herring uh, used by people who, frankly, are trying to mask a, a deep-seated prejudice. Um, yeah. People have moved away from Black Lives yeah. Matter as the thing, they, because they yeah. wanted to it's, not be political. Yeah. And yet, people are still dragging into right. Black Lives Matter over. Precisely, yeah. People this are is, trying yeah. to steer away from that because, right. because they don't want it to be political. Sports yeah. people, right, the pitch is your office if yeah. you're a footballer. Yeah, it's a workplace. Right? Yeah. And there are people getting abused at work. Yeah, the Euros, those three players. Right. And taking a knee, right, is to is to really lay bare to everybody so they can search their souls. Is it right for people to get abused at work um, going about their daily business? Yes, it's quite um, a flamboyant way of earning your, your living and all the rest of it. But again, those are red herrings. Essentially, there are people getting abused in their workplace. 
right? Is that right? No. Taking a knee it is about that and about all the other microaggressions that black people, and really by extension, lots of other people, um, uh, minority groups will go through, but, but particularly with black people. So um, taking the knee for 30 seconds, 60 seconds or whatever, um, needs to be respected. Uh, and frankly, um, it's amazing that by calling it a political gesture, um, you know, by trying to superimpose something that frankly isn't there onto it, has actually made it um, a political course for people who really want to stop it. Um, so, you know, uh, I hope the food boys get beaten um, in terms of the, <laughs> the argument that means, you know, not, not actually. Uh, and frankly, it, it beggars belief that we are sat here at the end or thereabouts, give or take a month or two, in 2021, talking about something... This is bad as ever. Yeah, th- yeah this is like a, a late 1970s conversation yeah. um, that I remember at the dinner table. Yeah, yeah. You know, when, you know, you know, when you're young. Yeah, when Abba was at the top of the charts. Yeah. And here we are talking about this today. Yeah. Yeah. Frankly, that's, that, that beggars belief. And, and, the, and the thing that I'll say is that I'm very proud of Brentford fans, even though we do have an element within our club. And, you know, that's just going to say, we just do. You know, but they also game, they, boot, they, 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 they played Clapsacker on when he came on. I mean, how proud were you with that? Know, which is great, that's that what I'm saying, which so is good. great. Manners, you know, there's some fans that weren't happy with that, you know, and they, they actually, you know, they, they really? said, yeah, 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 they were, yeah, they were booing and there was, uh, there's racial chances, you know, been that, like, listen, I'm, I'll, listen, I'll, I'll, listen, I'll, I'll put my hand up, not my hand up, I'll save with our club, our club isn't, isn't, is squeaky clean, and a lot of other clubs well, are, but I think, that, you know, but I think, no, I think no fans have got to be honest about it, yeah, and I think you mustn't be dismissive about it and just say, oh, well, all fans are, we've got it in all clubs, because I think that that attitude, and this is not having to go at you or anything like that, I think that attitude is the wrong attitude because what you do is that then you accept it because you say it's almost like you're saying all fans have it so it's okay then but my argument is I'm saying no actually I'm telling you that this is happening because we know it's happening and we don't want it to happen we're yeah. going to stamp it out we don't want it we don't want we want the we love the fact that there was probably 16,500 clapping and there was maybe 500 being idiots or whatever or 350 but we don't want them to I don't yeah. I don't want to be beside them my daughter was there with her friends right you know, my daughter was actually in the game the other day and it was really great, but then she came to me afterwards and goes, the man beside me was so violently booing, right? You know, she's, she's told me, she's 12 years old, she says he was booing, I thought his head's going to come off. I said to her, why didn't you tell me? She says, well, I didn't want to say anything because I know you'd step over and you have a word with him, you know what I'm saying? Have a word, didn't say that I was going to do anything else, but I'd have a word saying, why are you, why are you doing this in front of my daughter? A 12-year-old girl had noticed this and in her head. So what I'm trying to say to you is that people, you've got to understand how it's affecting and for me going up to people and saying to them that you're making me feel uncomfortable which is what I did at the Euros and they went yeah but you know and I said no you're making me feel uncomfortable I'll pay my money to come here I don't come here to hear you boo it's free speech no it's not at the end of the day they are doing something which is anti-racist so if you're doing that as far as I'm concerned you are a racist and people don't like to hear that but that is the truth because yeah, I am black is, and I'm yeah. telling you these are, these are my feelings yeah. you can't now you're trying to tell me how I should how I should protest. Yeah, well, that is racist. You know? I, I mean, that is the point. Yeah. If you're trying to tell me how I feel, not how even how I should feel, you're, you're, you're telling me I'm wrong in what I'm saying. It's and you're telling me how I really feel. And it's I, yeah, I mean, with, that, that with is racist. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's... Um, and it's a shame my, my co-host, Normie Peter, yeah. uh, isn't with us, because he made exactly that point. If you're booing, 
there's no two ways about it. You're being racist. You're being actively making a point against a non-political gesture. And my point is that if people, and I've heard it so many times, but they come up to me because I talk to everyone, they say, we're not racist, mate. And I'll say, listen to me, I'm black. As far as I'm concerned, you are racist. So what you need to do, instead of trying to tell me that you're not racist, think about how you can change your behaviour so that you'll make me feel that you are not racist. That's what you have to do. And if you don't want to do that, then you are a racist. Well, Billy, I'm conscious of your dinner's probably spoiling yeah, as we yeah, speak. Yeah, we better, listen, we better move on from this. Let's talk it's about Brentford. I, I hope listeners haven't got to, um, have, well, we've been going for quite a while, but anyway, but let's let's talk about the Brentford Albion game. This weekend, we mentioned you're unbeaten in three league games, four games overall. We've, we're unbeaten in three out of four games, including the League Cup. We lost our last game at home to Everton. Um, I heard you on your podcast, you fancy it? Do you reckon you can get the result? Uh, so do I, unfortunately. Um, I, I reckon we can get a draw. If you look at the head-to-head records, if going historically, uh, 32 wins for the Albion, 14 draws, 28 wins for Brentford, so it's quite close. Um, this game, apparently, according to a main mine, will complete an interesting statistic, which is that we will have played you in every single available domestic competition okay. when we when we complete this fixture. Because obviously we're not played in the top flight together. We've both been there in the past, but never at the same time. Okay. Um, and apparently we played you 101 years ago. My friend said it was actually to the day, but by my reckoning it might be a few days out that we played our first game together. We've obviously played a number of matches. we played in the LDV Trophy under various different guises. That's right. We played in the FA Cup, quite a few League Cup games, apparently. Um, obviously, in every division. Division 3 South, Division 3 Normal, Division 2, League 2, League 1, whatever you want to call it. We've been there, we've done it. We've played each other quite a few times. Um, not a huge number of times, but we've spread it out, haven't we? We have. So it's our first ever game in the league. How are you feeling? I'm, I'm going to go draw one all. By worrying, I might be wrong in the wrong way from an well, Albion point of view. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm trying to, I'm, listen, I'm sitting down there and I'm trying to, I'm trying to dig up the stats actually, as you do, you know. But I can't. The problem, because I don't, I don't agree with the head-to-head things. No, I think, it you just know, gives you a history. Yeah, no, it's just cool because historically, like you know, yeah. over the years, the that's, team now is going to be different. That you that's know, the recent era you know, stuff. So I've got all, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I'm just, I'm just having a look at trying to sort of pick up I the stats. I think you did the bubble over us quite recently. Yeah. We had three years in the championship, didn't we? 2014 to 2017. That's right. And you did the double over us. Yeah. And we might have done the same, I'm not sure. Yeah. There's a few draws in there too. That's right. So, I mean, and this is what the difficulty is because, like, looking at it, I do a lot of, you know, we do a lot again, Pride of West London. Check us out on the podcast as well. You know, we'll have, uh, we'll have Will the Spreadsheet Winker, as we call him. We call him the Spreadsheet, spreadsheet Winker. Winker. Uh, to the tune of the Matt Lad yeah. song, isn't it, by the way? That's right. It's because... Um, yeah. it's because uh, a Winker. Yeah. a Winker. We're changing Winker. That's way, right. It's in case because, you're wondering. That's right. Because um, <laughs> Nottingham yeah. Forest fans, because we're very much into our stats, yeah. and we uh, we technically should have beaten them in one game, and we didn't do, and they... And then, you know, the argument is, oh, you've got to, you know, if you don't score the goal, you're not going to win. And so they basically called us Spreadsheet Winkers, um, Nottingham Forest fans, and there was a massive pylon from Nottingham Forest fans on Brentford fans, like, you know. So uh, we decided to make that as a bit of a section to our podcast. So Will comes yeah. on and he gives an idea. And looking at like your last game, you know, you're actually 0.77, which means that you are creating, you know, you, you lost 2-0 to Everton. You, you know, you created enough chances 
or decent enough chances to maybe maybe to put yourself a goal yeah, in there as well. Familiar story, you know, which, yeah. you know, which is which is probably quite similar to us because what we're doing is that we are we are starting off very defensively solid, right? Pretty solid defensively. We've only letting one goal from 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 open play, which is that Bendia goal, which is the brilliant goal that he scored. We should, maybe should have picked up on him, but other than that, we haven't let in any goals this season, and nothing from open play. You know, chances-wise, we're not getting as many chances as we have been doing in the in the, in the championship, of course. And we're looking at you know 0.7, 2 You know, the chances that we're, we're creating. Um, so it's a case of whether or not Brentford will actually take their chances, whether or not we can actually do something. For me, I'm thinking that Brighton are going to be a tough competition because you, you know us, you were in the championship with us a few seasons ago, and you've built from that, you know this division as well. Yeah. You've got Neil Malpay who knows us, I think it's going to be very tough, but I'm quite buoyed by our defensive um, defence that we've got at the moment now. So we'll see if they'll, they'll, they'll do the business. Obviously, Sergi Canos. Is, uh, is our right back, but he's actually with your left winger. So that's a bit of a point where some people, you can see a lot of teams have been going down his wing, but to be fair to him, he's been, he's been putting it on them. He's been stacking, sticking it yeah. right on, on them, which is all good. So while just looking at it, I'm thinking that another draw would be a, probably a good result for us, but I don't know how our crowd might switch things. Because if we are on point and we are making the noise that we should do, I think it could have a big effect on this game. Yeah, I think you might be right. Yeah, early days, isn't it? The new stadium. Um, I think I think we're probably able to handle Ivan Tony if we focus on Ivan Tony. My my worry is the threat from deeper. You've got players that can score from range, from, from my memory. Um, you've got other players that can get into the box and great danger in the final in that, that final part of the penalty area. Uh, who may play runs maybe or, or could could benefit from space created by us focusing on Ivan Tony. He's a great player, I really like him. Yeah. Um, it's a good team, I think it's a good match. It's gonna be I think it'll be a good game. Yeah, yeah. This should be on bloody TV, shouldn't it be? Yeah, well actually I'm on fine with it being a three o'clock um, yeah. game because that's what football traditionally should be. All but I could say is as long as it's um, as long as it's not a three all draw, we'll probably be on bloody last, won't we? Yeah, yeah, that, that. That's right, yeah. Well, well. welcome to our world on that one by that's the way. Right, like, yeah, I noticed you were on last against Villa. That doesn't deserve to be on last. Right, yeah. they, they tend to do it on um, on goals in the end, unless there's a particular significance yeah. to the game. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I I'm, I'm reckon a one all a two all here. Yeah. Um, I think we've got goals in us. We are lacking for strikers, but I think we can get goals from midfield a bit more. Yeah. But I do worry about what you can do because I think you're unpredictable a bit. I think you can you can pluck stuff out from nowhere. Um, the crowd I am worried about because it's still it's your second second game in the Prem and it's what one of the first few games since lockdown so you're still going to be 100% up for it more than most clubs that makes it a tougher away game in general so I I would take a draw all day long Brian and Bumo I I think he's going to be a surprise back at this season he's a great player he didn't have a great season last season but he's a very very good player he's very skillful and he's the one that just like he's got tricks in him he's very very he's very good so if he can do the thing if Frank the Tank can be the flipping steam engine that he is just running around and just breaking things up and just yeah. box the boxing it like, and then Aya and them lot are doing their thing and Norgard all at the back you know as it is then for me you know we, 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 you know, we could do alright but listen we know you guys are a good team and uh, we've we got respect for you, we've got respect for you know, the teams in this division and, and, was, you know, and at the yeah. end of the day to be quite honest with you we just um, which I'm just happy that we're back in the stadiums watching games. So look, yeah. if we lose two 0 
okay, we lose 2 0, but look, we're in the Premier League and we're having a laugh. Anything can happen. We're watching our games. It'll be a good game. I don't know if we'll get a chance to beat up uh, for beers. It sounds like the logistics might, I'm not sure yet, but it'd be great if we do win, or, win lose, or draw, draw, and I think anything could happen in this game. I'm absolutely delighted you're in the division. I hope you can stay up. I think we will, and I think you will as well. I've got to ask though, Addy, in terms of the relegation battle, who, who are you most worried about in terms of survival of the season? Brentford. <laughs> I'm teasing, I'm teasing. Um, Sorry, I had to yeah, ask you that. You know what? Got, to I couldn't resist it. Yeah, Sorry. To be honest, my, my eye has been off the ball. Uh, it's been quite an extraordinary Lockdown. year. Uh, for me personally, so um, uh, I guess the best way to answer that is um, basically taking the question from the other way. Am I concerned that Arsenal will be mid-table dwellers or below? Yes, uh, do and to be no, of course. Um, Could we so try think, and finish above you this season, um, realistically? And, and Bradford, of course, the same question. Uh, I think best win in the world and affection that many of us have to see Brentford uh, come up because I know it's been a long slog and a struggle um, lots of false storms and all the rest of it uh, I don't think Brentford have the latitude um, to be able to finish above Arsenal um, we this is all on the call for later yeah we have um, cool, cool, we'll see how it yeah. pans out yeah that doesn't necessarily mean I'm saying that Brentford are going to go down um, but I think Arsenal will come through in the end I think uh, you know obviously the weaknesses um, and development that Arsenal do need to do are well known and written um, and catalogued so, but I think uh, despite the challenges that we have, I think it's definitely within our capacity to be able to finish <coughs> top six. Um, Brentford, I think, uh, don't quite have that, but that, but there's, I think, more than a place, more than a place for Brentford in the Premiership. Uh, I think Brentford do stand a better than fighting chance to stay up in the Premiership. Absolutely, better than. I'm, I'm going to yeah. put the boat. I'm yeah. going to push the boat out. I'm going to go. I'm going to, I reckon 14th or 15th for Brentford, which would be brilliant to be fair. Yeah. Like first year. I mean, the way you've kicked off the season um, is frankly does really focus the mind. It all depends um, if you're going to be Blackpool or Wolves, and who knows? Blackpool endear themselves to everyone. Yeah, yeah, they, like great band, brand of football ended up going down. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen to you. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. So you're not a quiz man. Just come in as well. Too, <laughs> so um, we should ask the score prediction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Wolves. Well, they had an amazing, good first season. They had an incredible squad coming up. I think you guys have got a very good squad coming up, which is why I think you'll be fine. Yeah. I, I reckon 14th or 15th. I honestly yeah. think. Norwich, Watford, Burnley, Palace, Southampton, Newcastle, the six teams I could list that could potentially finish below you. Let's say one of those predictions doesn't happen, you could still be 14th. And I think we can finish somewhere around that. I don't think we'll struggle, I don't think we'll struggle this year. Don't quote me on that, although yeah. I've just put myself on record as saying it, but um, I reckon we could finish roughly the same position as you, is where I'm, I'm guessing. This year, yeah, but we'll see because we didn't sign another striker we needed to. But so, there we go. Any further thoughts, Billy? Because I'm, I'm gonna now, this is it. Tell you something, I'm cool. Thanks for listening.
had a few beers, we've had a good chat. We've, we've discussed a bit of uh, knee action, not politics. It's no. about, you know, it's about, you know, Absolutely. people supporting the cause. And uh, yeah. we've also talked a lot of football, so it's been yeah. really pleasurable. I really appreciate you, you know, inviting us on your podcast. It's really look forward to meeting the Brighton fans coming down. If you check out Besotted.com, we uh, do a, a, a preview every Friday where we've got a pub guide. It's got like, all the pubs that you need to go to. So just check that out, Besotted.com, and you can find out where to go to, where to get your drinks. It's not only about the pub inside the stadium, there's loads of pubs in Brentford and the surrounding area as well. Exactly. All the pubs are great. The Brentford fans, they, they pride themselves on being friendly, don't they? Um, I would check out the podcast. I think it's brilliant. I've been listening to it. Yeah, we're going to record tomorrow night, so you, you yeah. get it. You, know, you, you might get it. even hear me on there somewhere, yeah. possibly. But, yeah. but there we go. And it's been a pleasure. And I think those subjects you talked about, some of them very difficult subjects, but they're ongoing subjects, and we have to. Uh, all the stuff about Brentford's brilliant. Thank you for joining us. And I, I really hope that I haven't ruined your dinner That's by right. keeping you with us I for so long. Yeah, better go. Better go. <laughs> You're going to be in trouble with the missus, That's I think. Right. No, <laughs> no, it's been a pleasure. Billy Grant, thank you very much for joining us. And Addy as well, of course. My thank good you. mate. Thank and you. And so thank you, guys. Um, that's it for this episode. We'll be back with the next one. Till then, stand or fall up the Albion. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.